0: And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Unpopular Opinion. Um, I will have to be fully blunt and give full disclosure here. This was not the type of podcast I was looking, to, looking forward to do. The type of episode I was looking forward to do. I originally had the set of the lineup I originally had. Episode 3 was going to be, uh deal with a different issue, different topic with a great guest of great guest of people, colleagues and friends of mine that were supposed to take place for episode 3 and I, I, I can't I can't talk about something and turn a blind eye to a real issue a real problem and I felt like it was distasteful for me to talk about anything else instead of like i said full uh forcing into the a main issue and problem here in the world so and i can't ignore the events of today and the social the social issues and the real life issues of the world so i'll just be fully blunt here episode three will be now delayed until further notice most likely will be a part of the uh, next episode. But episode three, um, I can't talk about anything else other than the crisis in the Middle East and everything that's happened there. Everyone, uh, if I, this is a little hard, touchy subject for me. As some of you know, some of you may not know. Um, I don't want to dive into what I do for a living but Maybe I'll talk about that in the future episode and maybe you can understand why But as you know the Taliban has taken full control of the capital of Kabul And has overthrown the government and practically an all-terrorist extremist Middle Eastern sovereign And it just brings a, a furious and a chaotic climate to the war on terror specifically the war in Afghanistan. And it just brings up 20 years of very little answers and a whole abundantly amount, a mountain full of questions, as in what was still going on over there, everything that was still happening over there, and why it'll probably be continuing to be an issue throughout the future of not only the United States, but not only on the Middle Eastern countries as well but also on the whole world as an impact. Um, it's, it's definitely tough to hear about stuff like that. You know, it's um, usually America is will police. Other countries' problems turn out to be our problems, for better or for worse. Uh, I mean, pulling out of the troops of September 11th was met with a fair but yet plausible approval it's now turned into a pariah type situation for President Biden and his staff and team his cabinet in particular and it just brings up the question of a whole 20 years worth of what was it for it it brings like I said it brings a whole chaotic climate climax to the story in particular um, It just Like I said here's America is well police. It's supposed to take on And have a tendency Of having other countries Problems become our own And this was The one of the situations Obviously this was A full-fledged-on war That was brought on To the United States Due to the Unfortunate events Of 9-11 That's, uh, I won't be going into that Right now, in particular, but of course, nine eleven was the stepping stone. Obviously, there was events that led up to that, as in Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden being the main perpetrators of the start of the war, and the war on terror. It's not just the war in Afghanistan; it's the whole war on terror in the Middle East, and it's just a whole bunch of shitty and crummy situations. Um, and now, like I said before, Taliban's taking full control of the capital of Kabul and has overthrown the government. All terrorist extremists, Middle Eastern sovereign. And they're still pulling out. They're still pulling out a whole bunch in the, the refugees of the un, unfortunate refugees of Afghanistan now dwelling to American aircraft, American planes, hoping to find refuge in the states and if not, in the United Kingdom. Only problem is the United States does not have the resources or the climatical space to hold all refugees. The United Kingdom was in talks to hold these refugees. And they are in some parts of the UK holding the refugees, holding them down, finding, trying to find um, solace for the people of Afghanistan. They completely said, no, we're not going to be taking out these people. America please take all these people because you made this into a bigger problem so you're going to you're going to have to take these people we are not going to be taking them hence the UK and now it's a whole all over the country troops are being deployed not to Afghanistan but in the United States so it's not like a big deal for them I'm pretty sure they'd rather have that than go to some hell hole but it's just families are being broken up and it's a whole bunch of mess that's going to be taken on over there. It's, ah, man, like, I remember when Obama was president and he said that he would pull back troops in 2011. I think it was 2011, 2012. And then Trump made a promise, so that he made that as his campaign promise, saying that he would automatically pull troops from Afghanistan and Iraq, Iran. Uh, I don't think we have troops in Iran, but in the Middle East particular he would pull back those troops as a campaign promise. And obviously he only did one term, four four years. And obviously that did not happen if this is turning into Biden's problem as of now. But the reason why I said Obama is because he made this a big thing in 2011-2012 when he made this, uh, when he made a promise to pull back troops from Afghanistan. And that became a whole other issue. He said, quote, I'm not. I'm not reading this. Is I just remember this reading because uh, I'm not very big on politics. I I used to be on it. I used to be in uh, on it. I would just be like, a, um, uh, I would just be very aware of the surroundings and the events going on and the news of the world. So obviously, this stuff tends to stick with me. So it is all coming from the top of my head, but I still remember what was going down. And this is why I dive away from politics. And I would never ever dive into that in my life. I would never try to make that as a career. So a whole bunch of bullshit, to be honest. But Obama in 2011, 2012, I don't, I don't remember the year. I'm just being um. Est- I'm gonna give you an estimated time amount. He said that he will pull back troops from Afghanistan. And instead of releasing, um, instead of de-escalating the troop number being deployed from 85,000 to 55,000, he still said that he would keep the amount of number of 85,000 to the end of his term. And look, troops came deployed, 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 and we kept losing more of our own natural citizens. So let, let me just play this clip right here for you so you can understand what I'm saying. This is Obama saying what he said. Well, I'm practically telling you, so here you
1: go. Good afternoon, everybody. As a candidate for president, I pledge to bring the war in Iraq to a responsible end, for the sake of our national security and to strengthen American leadership around the world. After taking office, I announced a new strategy that would end our combat mission in Iraq and remove all of our troops by the end of 2011. As Commander-in-Chief, ensuring the success of this strategy has been one of my highest national security priorities. Last year, I announced the end to our combat mission in Iraq. And to date, we've removed more than 100,000 troops. Iraqis have taken full responsibility for their country's security. A few hours ago, I spoke with Iraqi Prime Minister Maliki. I reaffirmed that the United States keeps its commitments. He spoke of the determination of the Iraqi people to forge their own future we are in full agreement about how to move forward. So, today, I can report that, as promised, the rest of our troops in Iraq will come home by the end of the year. After nearly nine years, America's war in Iraq will be over.
0: You get what I mean? And it's just a whole contradictory, and I wouldn't call that a whole bunch of lies. It's just you make these false pro- promises, and the American people tend to get eerie about the situation that keeps on going on. It is the same. I'll I'll what I'm not I'm not gonna say this right now, but I will say this later, and I will segue into it, and then you will get what it all means. But it's all the conflict and interest that it's international conflicts that cannot be unrested until it's all resolved. So the Afghanistan war is like. You know, and it, as you know, international conflict in Afghanistan that began in 2001, that was triggered by the September 11th attacks. It, it primarily consisted of three phases. The first phase, toppling the Taliban, the ultra-conservative political and religious faction that ruled Afghanistan, that provided sanctuary for Al-Qaeda, perpetrators for the 9-11 attack. was brief. It just lasted two months. The second phase was from 2002 until, I believe, 2008 was marked by a U.S. strategy that ultimately ended up defeating the Taliban military and rebuilding core institutions of the Afghan state. The third phase, a turn to classic counterinsurgency doctrine, if you do know what that means, then I'm sorry, I can't really explain it much, but it primarily began in 2008 and accelerated with President Obama's 2009 decision to temporarily increase the U.S. troops' presence in Afghanistan. So... It was primarily Bush's problem, but obviously this became more of Obama's war, as in JFK turned it into LBJ's problem with Vietnam. And the larger force was just used to implement a strategy of protecting the population from Taliban attacks and supporting efforts to integrate insurgents into Afghan society. You know, the strategy came coupled with a timetable for the withdrawal of foreign forces from Afghanistan beginning in 2011. So, it's just a whole bunch of mess. It's a whole sticky and situational stuff going on over there. The Taliban has moved with surprising speed in the months of after President Biden's announced the withdrawal of the remaining troops in the country. A key turning point came when a contingent of U.S. troops emptied a major base. The militant group swept through the effective conquered majority of Afghanistan, including its capital within weeks. Capital, Kabul, which just has happened. The Islamic group, brutal reign of the country, included stoning adulterers and banning women from working outside their homes, attending school. Uh, If you haven't read this book by, I don't know her last name, but Malala it's the book is called I Am Malala. I, I, I apologize if I get her last name. Um, is primarily details the story of not only of Malala. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to remember her name. So I, I um, what was the name? Oh, M- Malala Yous I'm sorry. If, I, if I'm butchering this, I apologize. It's not my intention. Malala Yustafi. Malala Ustafi, of course, was a woman. It's a very great book. I've read it. It's very fantastic. And it not only details her struggle, but the struggle of the Afghan woman as well. It was um, Malala was the girl who, who was shot, who stood up for education, was shot by the Taliban in resurgence of her. And they shot her in the mouth on the school bus and they had to make sure it was her. They identified her. They shot her in the mouth to make sure they didn't really confirm she was dead. They just shot her and they assumed that she was dead. And she was able to come out alive and she can never go back to the country because they're still actively trying to kill her for our activism and trying to have education and equal rights for women. So if you thought the U.S. had problems with education, not education, but equal rights for its own citizens, it is really a fucked up third world country over there if they're still trying to actively kill them because if uh hit and run happens today if like an attempted murder happens today you don't ever hear about that coming back lightning doesn't strike twice here they're still actively trying to kill her and they've been very vocal about that so like i said from um, banning women from working outside their homes or attending school until they were pushed back by us-led correlation forces hunting down elements of aikata that was being sheltered and oh i'm sorry So it was about last year too American and Taliban diplomats Signed a peace agreement in Dua Qatar It's um, One of the places in the Middle East I can't really be specific about it Which was negotiated by Trump So Trump already had this in place for them to Not Have a full on withdrawal from U.S. troops But have a temporary ceasefire Ceasefire you know as in Don't shoot, don't shoot me, I won't shoot you And we just stay the fuck off my lawn I'll stay off yours and, like, like it would solve an agreement of withdrawal troops with Taliban and stop attacks on Americans. But that was the peace uh, that was the peace treaty. And it was about later that year, sometime last year, roughly around last year, around the same time, about to enter that year time frame, Taliban and Afghan government talks would begin through no progress or agreements would be made. Of course, Biden announced his withdrawal of American troops in Afghanistan on September 11th. I knew... He was up to something right there on September 11th because that was the tw- that would be the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. So he wanted to be more um, sen- sentimental, have it to have meeting, And people were asking, because this happened in April, and people were asking why wouldn't he just send them troops now. It takes a lot to have that happen. As you can tell, there's a whole bunch of shit going on, nonsense, as we're trying to reach the finish line. This is the f- what the finish line ha- has succumbed to and Bidens announced the remaining withdrawal, the Taliban started making gains across several key districts, territories, across Afghanistan, throughout the country. So they were speeding through trying to make this shit work for the the Taliban, that is, through themselves. So they were really trying to make progress through through Cabal Maine untouched and under government control at the time being. And it wasn't until roughly July it vacated its lar- the u s vacated its largest air base in the country, therefore it was wide open to st- uh, strategic and com- combat tactical firepower coming from enemy forces and the base was handed over to Afghan security forces there was some confusion with the transition and all that so on and so forth yada 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 ah. Uh. The first flight that began taking Afghans to the U.S. arrives in Virginia, carrying more than 200 people, including children and babies. What is going on? What's happening in Afghanistan is horrible. But how else was U.S. involvement going to end? It was, no, it was not going to end any other way. As I did not, there wasn't going to be no picnic. It wasn't going to be no victory. There is no victory lap in this. There is no victory in this at all. Like I said before, it was a 20-year conflict that was going to have to end probably not one way, but it was going to end the certain way. And that was savagery and chaos. But how exactly did Biden's administration's critics think U.S. involvement was going to end? Was it ever going to end? I don't think so, because I don't think it's ever going to end up there. It's the same thing that happened with a certain um, Eastern Asian country, which I would, again, I would get into that later. But it was never going to end like this. And if you say certainly not like this, that is not a valid answer. However, tragic events Thursday attacks near the Kabul airport proved to be. Um, Did you envision a formal ceremony at the U.S. Embassy with the American flag being lowered? and the Taliban flag raised? Did you see the Taliban waiting patiently while the U.S.-trained Afghan army escorted U.S. citizens and other uh, NATO nationals and Afghan collaborators to the airport for evacuation? Did you imagine that the country's branch of Islamic State would watch peacefully from the sidelines, or the regional warlords that renounce any hope of regaining their power, or that a nation with a centuries-old tradition of rejecting central authority, would suddenly embrace it. Yeah. This is not an apology for the tragic and chaotic scenes that have been unfolding in Cabal. Rather, it is more of a rea- it's more of a reality check if there is a graceful, orderly way to abandon involvement in a brutal, unresolved civil war on the other side of the world. Please cite historical presidents because I can't find them one legitimate answer to the question is our involvement shouldn't have ended that's one opinion to look at it the, USS, the United States should have kept several thousands of troops in Afghanistan like President Biden and like Presidents Barack Obama and Trump before him I disagree with that view but I do see some logic in the position that maintaining the status quo basically propping up Afghan government we installed would have been better than that Taliban takeover we just witnessed, to be honest. The problem is that this forever war truly would have had to continue forever, practically. We were never going to outlast the Taliban because, and in this important point, its members live there and want to govern the country. It's theirs. Afghanistan is their country, not ours. We shouldn't give two fucks about it. The nation's fate was never going to matter more to us than it does them. That's like, ask put this in your perspective practically. If uh, another country invaded the United States and we were fighting for it and we wanted them to leave and they kept fighting for us for 20 years and we finally have control of that. We were finally able to have that to ourselves, even though if we were militant, even though if we were extremists ourselves were we really going to just let them walk away scot-free? Mm-hmm. However repulsive, like, we may find their vision for it, though. Like, nor that Afghanistan ever was going to matter more to us than it does to military establishment in the neighboring Pakistan, whatever. Which sees its support of the Taliban as strategic imperative. Sooner or later, we were going to come home. And if we were going to leave eventually... What would have been different if we waited another year, or another five, or another ten? We would have spent a lot more money and sacrificed more American lives, but Afghanistan would still be Afghanistan. The rapid disintegration—I'm sorry—of the three hundred thousand-plus-strong Afghan army showed how little we really understood the country, even after twenty years of fighting in there and residing in there. U.S. officials thought government forces could hold out against the Taliban at least for, for a few months. Perhaps as long as a year, practically. Probably. Instead, the military and police we, we sponsored, equipped, and trained surrendered much of the country without even putting up a fight. Everything that the United States government put in to Afghan rebels and the good ones and in, in, uh, in speaking of everything that we supplied them with and for them just to flee the country and not even put up a fight. And they left billions of military government equipment there. They left U.S. um, rifles, Humvees, drones, aircraft, weaponry, um, artillery. Basically what I'm saying is everything the United States Army has owned and have in their arsenal of weapons, everything that you can imagine the U.S. Army, military, Marines, Navy, Air Force, having in their arsenal, in their, in their closet, the Taliban now has. So, so basically, if we were going to go ever there and fight them again, which I think we will, I think we will, I think this withdrawal is temporary, and temporary might mean... Necessarily a few years or so Maybe a decade We are gonna But we are gonna go back Basically what I'm saying is We're gonna be fighting ourselves With the equipment that they have With the equipment we have They now have Because the Afghan forces That the United States Tried to supply fleet Without even putting up a fight And they left it there For the Taliban to use The administration though Did began warning Americans to leave the country roughly months ago. Of the 6,000 who ignored the warnings and remain, 45,000 were... I think 4,500 have been evacuated, I believe. The image is like... And television and radio broadcasts and everything we're hearing and seeing from Kabul, shocking, heartbreaking, and just flat out embarrassing. But the real stain on our national pride was in making promises to Afghans that we never had the intention or the ability to keep. 20 years of US blood and treasure gave Afghanistan not only a secular democracy, but its flickering illusion. And history will see this withdrawal painful as it is to watch, not as inogamous or endogamous, but as inevitable. It was bound to happen. So as evacuations still continue, I believe it's the 30, uh, 3rd, um August 30th timeline that the final evacuations are supposed to be underway. And this one's just hard to talk about to be honest like I said as evacuations tend to continue as a real good a real good things going on as evacuations begin to continue um, uh, some real good work by our troops by the way so shout out to them I'm going to say this one more last time I'm trying to get through this one as evacuations continue Like I said before, roughly like five minutes ago, they're not going to go down without giving you a fight, without giving you one kick in the ass down out the door. And that was evident a few days ago when the name, when 13 U.S. service members were killed in the Afghanistan attack around the airport in a bombing. That one was tough because they were not thinking at all they would be involved, particularly in that shit. Of course, it's a combat environment, you're supposed to be ready for that. But they did not think that was going to happen to them at the airport, it's evacuating casualties. And that was one of the reasons why this war can never be won. You did not know who was the enemy. Do not, f- do not fire unless fired upon. And when you have so many people dress the same, look the same, and do the same things, you got people carrying rifles and they don't look militant. You got people carrying rifles. You got people who not carrying rifles. And those are the ones you're afraid of the most. Not only men, women, and children. You do not know who's the enemy up there. It was never going to end because those kids were raised up to believe death to America as well hate in America and it was just going to keep on going on 20 years would have been 40 years 40 years would have been 60 60 would have been forever that's just the way of the world through 20 years and 4 presidents this is all that it had to come down to and all the Afghan fighters that were defeated just left strikers humvees armors weapons drones aircraft america is pulling out yet i believe eventually we'll go back and it's deja vu all over again reminiscent of the 2003 invasion of afghanistan and it's way more than what the popular consensus like to believe oil this oil that flan but there was never really tension in the Middle East. This has been going on for decades, and it's only been recently—20 years recently—it's been a uh, conflict engagement, and they hate us. You know, they really do. They really hate us. There's no other way to put it. They just hate us, and not many people notice. But this is primarily a big factor. So after World War II, I'll give you a little history lesson. After World War II. Jewish people were Basically had no homes They had nothing to their name It was America that came up And stepped up World police as always They wanted to lend their hand And give them some solace And Find something for them They obviously couldn't have put them back near Germany They hated them there They still did Even though they lost You still got people of uh, discontent there Discontent there so you couldn't put them back near there. Couldn't put them back in Poland. There was also discontent there too. Turbulent. So they settled in the Middle East. Taking over Afghanistan's land. Settled in on their own land. Driving out Afghan people out of their own homes. Saying, hey, this is, uh, this is the people. Israelites now. Israelis. This is their home now. It we'll it will give you what we can. But you need to get out because this is their home now, the U.S. said. And first of all, if Israel, even though they get the hard end of the stick sometimes because what they've been through, and you know, um, uh, what's that word I'm calling for? Um, just give me a second. I know the word. I'm not. I'm not gonna Google this. Uh, what's that word? Oh, um, anti-semitism. They've been anti-semitized. They, um, the people of Israel, they don't, they don't take shit. They really do not. They do not take shit. They're one of the biggest military countries on the face of the planet. Every single citizen is required to serve a minimum of two years. Every single citizen. They have one of the biggest militaries on the planet. And I don't think they've ever lost a war since the initiation of the country of Israel. But the right next door neighbors to Afghanistan, tension in the Middle East has always been high. So it's not only a ongoing battle left between there, but it will always be a reoccurring theme that goes on because this has not been recently. This has not just happened. This did not just happen in 2001 or the years leading up to that, the prelude. This has been going on for decades. Hundreds of years. Centuries. And Biden still tells war leaders. That the U.S. is on pace to leave Afghanistan by August 31st. Although I believe. They're eventually going to go back. Like I said. Probably won't be in the next few years. Probably won't be in a decade. Probably won't be two decades. But they are going to go back and like I said we'll be fighting ourselves because they have all the equipment we have suicide attack rocks cabal airports just a whole bunch of chaos going on there it was an unwinnable war to begin with 2.26 trillion dollars spent on the war from the start of 2001 2.2 trillion an estimated forty-seven thousand two hundred forty-five thousand citizens of Afghanistan have been killed. 47,000. 2,448 U.S. troops killed since 2001. Let's let's hear what president biden has has to say about this right now said the buck stops with you
1: do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last 2 weeks
2: i bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late but here's the deal you know i wish you one day say these things you know as well as i do that the former president made a deal with the Taliban, that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. The reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st, in the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. Imagine where we'd be if I had indicated on May the 1st I was not going to renegotiate an evacuation date. We were going to stay there. I'd have only one alternative pour thousands of more troops back into Afghanistan to fight a war that we had already won relative to why the reason we went in the first place. As I've said 100 times, terrorism is metastasized around the world. We have greater threats coming out of other countries a heck of a lot closer to the United States. We don't have military encampments there. We don't keep people there. We have over the horizon capability to keep them from going after us. Ladies and gentlemen, it was time to end a 20 year war. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, so basically all in summarize, Taliban was gone, now they're back and There is practically no end in sight of this. Militants slipped away and later regrouped. At the end of 2014, at the end of what was the bloodiest years of 2001, NATO forces ended their combat mission, leaving responsibility for the Afghan army. 20 years of conflict of Afghanistan. All for what? 2.27 trillion dollars. and it was a nightmare it was a nightmare scenario for Biden it had been fearing for days when inner inner uh, intelligence assessments had warned what was likely to happen yet the complexity of the situation on the ground the urgency of the evacuation mission and unlikely partnership with the Taliban to control security around the airport had left the US troops dangerously exposed and offered Biden and his team limited options to protect them. And then but with the reports of American casualties eventually turned into confirmation of American deaths. News that reached the White House by midday, the death toll went from four to ten to eventually thirteen. Thirteen. A devastating figure for a president who had yet preside over a single US combat death the Marines who killed were believed to be conducting security screenings of those entering the airport when military officials said they were so close to the crowd, the breath of the person you are searching is upon you. And Biden's national security team had little time to emotionally process the attacks. And the one thing I do agree, Biden said this wasn't going to go I'm retaliated because as of Friday night US military announced they had conducted a successful drone strike against ISIS-K in Afghanistan. One Thursday was the most deadliest day for American combat troops in over a decade. One day could erase 10 years worth of product just one day all it takes is just one bad day and for Biden amounting to this the worst day of a nascent presidency a war that is almost over 20 years old is con- concluding in blood anguish and for the president who is ending it fierce recrimination interviews with more than a dozen people including white house officials national security and congressional aides and other close to the situation Reveal an administration consumed by events in Afghanistan driven by, a president's unremovable, by the president's unremovable desire to troops while also struggling to contain the chaos of the war. All in all, it's just a mess. A mess that has never been fully tamed. And a mess that will probably never be. A mess that will probably never ever be understood. But to go back to what I've always been saying. I was going to say to eventually lead up to the podcast segue. I kept mentioning Vietnam. And history repeats itself and when the when the talk of a, of a uh, control hundreds upon thousands flocked to the airport to seek escape and refuge the turbulent end to a 20 year conflict it's nearly oddly and frighteningly reminiscent of 1975 Saigon as US and US backed troops left Vietnam and hundred upon thousands flock to the airport to to seek escape and refuge from the Viet Cong this is history repeating itself same way how Taliban takes over control and not losing in the word of American eyes leaving and hundreds and thousands flock To seek and escape, find refuge in Taliban, in uh, Afghanistan to America. 2021 Afghanistan. Oddly and frighteningly reminiscent 1975 Sagan. Hundreds and thousands. Trying to escape and seek refuge from the Viet Cong in Vietnam to America. 1975, 2021. 46 years difference. History repeats itself. And that's just how it goes. That'll be it for me. But I can't end this than talking about the unfortunate lives that were lost this week. And I hope I don't talk about something like this again, but it's the way of the world and these things just tend to happen. Sergeant Johnny Rosario Picado. Sergeant Nicole LG. Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover. Corporal Hunter Lopez. Corporal Dagan W. Page. Corporal Humberto A. Sanchez. Lance Corporal David L. Espinoza. Lance Corporal Jared M. Smith. Lance Corporal Riley J. McCullum. Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola. Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nikoi. Navy Corpsman Maxton W. Sovyak. Staff Sergeant Ryan C. Nass. Rest in peace, brothers and sisters. everyone else be safe take care of yourselves let's just do better